Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, what a day this is to be alive and to love sports. Guest list today is flat out epic. Keith Hernandez. In 15 minutes, Dan Mullen has three super intriguing prospects in this draft. Oh, and you're welcome for all the money we made you here on Justin Rose yesterday. All that and more in the hopper. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, there's only one place to start, and it is very simply with this. When it comes to instant replay, my credentials are well established. I cite for you a legendary book titled Mike and Mike's Rules for Sports and Life. That is a book we did 12 years ago. And the opening chapter is all about replay. And I was right then, and I'm right now, when I say that replay is a good thing for sports, a very good thing, not a bad thing, and we need more of it. That would be better, not worse. However, we need to do it right. Here's the problem. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. They keep doing it wrong. What is this nonsense we have turned replay into? Coaches' challenges? What is that? What is the objective of instant replay? To use technology that was not dreamt of when we started these sports, when we first created these sports, no one would ever have imagined that we would have technology that could help correct bad calls. So when we develop this technology, the objective is to get the egregious call corrected. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Underline the word egregious. None of this what is and isn't reviewable. None of this all scoring plays are reviewed. None of this manager standing on the dugout top step stalling. Why did all of that happen? Why do we have all of this nonsense? Perhaps we could boil down all of the red tape issues we have as a society and as a culture by just demonstrating what we've allowed instant replay to become. The concept is so simple. Just have someone watching the game. Take me, for instance. I'm watching the game. And if there is a brutally missed call, I can tell someone about it who has the authority to get it corrected. We do that quickly, and we get on with our lives. Done. Done. Instant replay should be nothing more than that. I call it the second look rule. If I need a second look, the call stands. In the Met game yesterday, I don't need a second look. So correct it and get on with your life. In the NFC Championship game of several years ago, the legendary non-call, Saints-Rams, I didn't need a second look. Just correct it. Everything should be reviewable. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. If you didn't hear it, this is what it sounded like. Oh, you can't do that. That's totally got it. They got to bring it back. Totally have a case. They're going to absolute... Let me make this clear. That is the call from SNY, which is the New York Mets announcing team, of which one of them is Keith Hernandez, and he'll be live here talking about this in about 10 minutes. But again, the team who won, their announcers were disgusted with the call, and it would have been the easiest thing in the world to correct. Coaches and managers should have nothing to do with this. What is that nonsense? What is the point of having coaches and managers decide if a call was missed? That call could have been easily corrected. And the reason they couldn't is because it isn't reviewable. 
The rule states that you can review whether or not the ball hit him, but you can't review whether or not his elbow was in the strike zone. For those of you across the country who don't know what I'm talking about, a game yesterday at City Field in Queens ends when Michael Conforto of the Mets sticks his elbow out, intentionally or otherwise, and gets grazed. It's a hit by pitch with the runners, uh, excuse me, with the bases loaded and one out in a tie game in the ninth inning. And they ruled that the pitch hits him, which is a correct ruling. The, the clearly, if the ball is in the strike zone, which means it should be a strike. If you, if you are hit by a pitch that is in the strike zone, it remains a strike. It is your job to get out of the way if it's in the strike zone, and he doesn't do it. But they can't review that. The home plate umpire, Ron Culpa, said afterwards, yeah, I got it wrong. It should have been a strike. Everything should be reviewable. What is this nonsense? What is the point of having replay if you can't correct that? We're going to challenge the spot on a third down reception in the second quarter, but we can't correct the play that decides a game. What are we doing here? Replay is a good idea. Don't blame the technology. Blame the people who made it unnecessarily complicated and thus stupid. So many of the rules that connect themselves to replay are stupid rules. Stupid rules. What is and isn't reviewable? What does that even mean? The purpose of replay, the purpose of instant replay, of review, is to take the egregious mistake and correct it. It doesn't require any further explanation. And certainly keep coaches and managers the heck out of it. We got enough dealing with them. They don't need to be sitting there trying to decide whether to challenge this and challenge that. Every scoring play is reviewable. How did we get to that? We just need egregious mistakes overturned. Nobody wants the 51-49 call, the one that was 51% certainly this way or that way. No one wants seven minutes of, of, of action delayed in order to figure that out or not. You want the 100%. That call is just flat out wrong. Correct it. Go on. Next pitch. Strike two, whatever the count was. That's it. That's all we need. Meanwhile, there is a rule, by the way, in the Major League Baseball rulebook. It's Rule 801C that is a catch-all that gives wide latitude to correct egregious errors. And my reaction to that is everything that is wrong here can be summed up in the words 801C. The fact that there are not only 801 rules, but that they require appendix beyond that, which suggests that that 801, if there is a C connected to 801, there may be an E connected to 764. That means there are thousands and thousands and thousands of rules in the rule book for what is probably the simplest game ever created. Baseball is the simplest game ever. When my kids were five, they were playing it, and explanation of the rules required no time, none. Take your kid to a baseball game. How long does it take you to explain to him or her what's going on out there? If it takes you more than three minutes, you're doing it wrong. We do not need Rule 801C. Under any circumstances. So everything that is wrong with baseball, everything that is wrong with sports, everything that is wrong with instant replay can be summed up very simply in the fact that there is such thing as Rule 801C. It's that simple. All right. Meanwhile, I want to make sure that you are 100% clear of the genius of this program. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. I I guess I can just say you're welcome. 
On this program the other day, we gave you five prop bets connected to the Masters and said, throw some bucks on this if you're comfortable doing so again. I will preface this. Never, ever, ever gamble with money. You cannot afford to lose and not even think about it. But if you are one who does like to throw a few bucks on sporting events, I told you Justin Rose's history suggests he is an excellent bet to be the leader after the first round of the Masters. And what did he have at the end of the day yesterday? A four-shot lead. If you followed that advice you heard here on this program the other day, you got 55-1. to And Bubba, am I told there's someone on the line who actually did that? Yes, we have Daryl. He's on the line right now. Daryl, should I say you're welcome? Give me the story. Greeny, thank you very much. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and I, after listening to that compelling uh, argument, I went down. We got a we have a sports book at our casino downtown, so I went down there Wednesday night, placed the bet, and was at 66 to one, not 55 to one. So thank you again. But I, after the first time, I said I'm just going to go cash this ticket in right away. So I went down there, and I got that they didn't have it closed up. Like immediately, she said, the, the girl at the cashier said, just wait about 10 minutes or so. We should have everything closed up. I turn around and the guy behind me, he goes, Justin Rose. I said, yeah. I said, but I can't take credit for this. I was listening to the radio yesterday morning and he stops. He goes, Mike Greenberg, ESPN. I said, yeah. He goes, I drive a truck. I heard the same thing. I had to come down and bet it. And we just looked at each other and started laughing. Let's go. So we both, yeah. So his name is Terrence. So Terrence, if you're listening, I'll never, our paths will never cross again, but I'll always remember that because it's one of those stupid special moments in life that are so bizarre that you'll always remember it. And, you know, if he's trying to call through, put him through. But, Greeny, we both owe you a beer. Thank you very much. Oh, yes. I will gladly drink that with you, my friend. Daryl, you've warmed the cockles of my heart. I cannot tell you how happy that makes me for all the years I've been wrong, for all the predictions I've made, for all the hashtag KOD, for all the fun that has been had at my expense. I finally figured out analytics are the way to go. (laughs) It's just that simple. Hembo just gave me a bunch of numbers and it just added up. It just made sense. You are welcome. I am delighted, Daryl, to hear that that worked out so well. Okay, we're just getting started today. Keith Hernandez live next on the replay kerfuffle and a whole lot more. The green list is coming up and time for your calls as we get this thing rolling on a Friday. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that 
grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. We are rolling along. That's right. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Keith Hernandez will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline after the kerfuffle that was in baseball yesterday. Lots to talk about with him. Again, he's half a minute away after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you are a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, Their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Oh, you can't do that. That's Totally got they a got to bring here. it back. I totally have yes. a case. They're going to. It's absolute. You know, one of the great things about that call and about the broadcast team that does the New York Mets uh, games on SNY in New York is that it is very honest. That is the home team's announcers basically saying our team didn't deserve to win based upon this bad call. And for those who didn't see what we're talking about yesterday, uh, Conforto sticks his arm out, the elbow, he gets grazed on a hit-by-pitch with the bases loaded in, in a one, excuse me, in a tie game in the ninth inning, and the run scores, and clearly it should have been called a strike, and they can't review that. They can't change the call even when they go back and look at it, and that's how the game ends. All the conversation that ensues from it, I am delighted to pick it up with the legendary announcer for the New York Mets and one of the great players of all time, the one, the only Keith Hernandez is with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Keith Hernandez. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good I'm morning to you. Good. Just look at you. It is a delight just to see you at all times. <laughs> uh, so let's let let's let's jump into this here. So so when it first happens, take us through it. I happen to be watching when it happened, but for people all across the country who weren't, take us through exactly what you saw and what your thinking was as the situation progressed. Well, everybody knows that you cannot move your body, any part of your body into a pitch to get hit by a pitch. Uh, that is interference. Um, I didn't notice. I, I forget who noticed. Gary Cohn made just such a great call because there are so many um, 
rules of what can be challenged and what cannot be challenged. And there's so many, I can't remember all of them. And Gary, who is the play-by-play, has to make that call on the spot as it happens in real time. And he's got just a great mind. You can challenge a hit-by-pitch, but you cannot challenge. It's a judgment call whether the, 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 uh, the, the batter deliberately puts his body in in the in the path of the ball to get hit by a pitch on purpose. And Gary was spot on. Oh, you watch Conforto here. He leans in. The umpire was ready to call it strike three. And then Conforto gave him the, that he got hit. Now, to me, they do all these challenges to get it right, and you just can't think of everything. This should be in the future without a question a challengeable call and really the best view is the second base umpire. And if the second base umpire would have come in and said, Hey, look, you know, was it Ron Culpa behind the plate? I'm yes, not sure. I think it, it was. was. Yes. Uh, Ron, he, he, I saw Conforto at second base, throw his elbow out into the pitch and he can overrule it. But I think the umpires are so regulated today. And this is a problem that they're scared to death. And they're scared to death to make a to make a wrong call, and also they've got the crutch of the challenges and going back for replay. And if they get it wrong, it's you know they, the, the the replay will get it right. Well, if I'm if I'm a perfectionist and I'm an umpire, I want to get the call right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not in favor of all this uh, all these challenges. I'm not, and this is a case right here where uh, you cannot. I mean, that, that, that has never happened. I've been in the broadcast booth for 20 years and 16 years with SNY, and that's never happened. I've seen players now. You've, you allowed the players to get the protective elbow pads, and I see players never move and know they're not going to get hurt. I got hit in my elbow so many times, it hurts. You don't want to get hit on your elbow. Mm-hmm. And But the pad, that, that uh, the pr- protective armor, that enables them to do that. We got two other players in our team that do that. They get on base a lot and don't try to get out of the way. And you can just hold your elbow there. That's not interference. But if you move it to home plate, that's interference. And that should have been strike three and uh, two outs. And and so there's so many levels to the replay debate and discussion. And it was your friend and colleague and a friend of all of ours, Ron Darling, who said, well, what is the point of replay if we can't fix that? It, it, it's something that I think all of us watching, and I opened the show today by saying, you know, I, I think there should be the second look rule, which is if I need to look at it a second time, the call stands. But if I can tell just by looking at it once they got it wrong, we should be able to correct it regardless of what it is. So where do you stand on the whole idea of replay in general and then certain things being reviewable and other things not being? My feeling is I don't like I don't like the challenges. They're they, they're all just talk about speeding up the game and mm-hmm. what do challenges do? Challenges slow the game down. People don't want to sit there and wait. I can't tell you how many games where it's the it's the bottom of the ninth and the run is a close play at the plate and everybody's jumping up and down. The call's safe and then there's a challenge and you got to wait two minutes on a close call before the game's officially over. I just think it's wrong. I think that they regulated the umpires so much they are breathing down their neck 
with all this stuff, let them leave them alone and let them call the game. And there's human error and the game will not be interrupted with these um, these challenges. Uh, they just they drive me crazy. I think one of the things if you're looking for an umpire is you got to have an umpire that has the, the, the courage of his convictions. You've got to have an umpire that is going to be strong and make a call and, and be adamant about it and not feeling like someone's looking over his shoulder and going to second guess him. And that's what's happened in the game today. And it's not right. It's tough on the umpires. And as a result, and you, you, you've got a lot of all the umpires are scared. Listen, there were bad umpires in our day. There were very few. I played in the National League, and there were great umpires back in the, there the day, and they were very, very alpha and made a call, an adamant call, and stuck by their guns. They didn't get it right all the time, but they got it right a lot. And then there was a, a handful of bad umpires. We had one time when I was playing, they took a poll of the umpires. This is probably the beginning of what had happened. And I agree with this. Take a poll of the managers, coaches, and the players to have them rate the umpires. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's a better – if it's, an umpire is incompetent, I'm sorry. If you're in a business and you've got an incompetent employee, you're going to fire them. So weed them out and get the – the vast majority of them are very, very good. And I just think it's unfair what they've done to the umpires and where they've gone So with the game uh, as far as the umpires today. They got them scared to death. The legendary Keith Hernandez is with me on the Goodyear Hotline helping you discover – the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. I'll mention the Mets and Marlins series continues tomorrow. Jacob DeGrom will be pitching. Coverage begins live at 12.30 p.m. exclusively on SNY. Keith, while I have you, let, let me ask you about uh, two other things. Um, you mentioned this desire to speed up the game, all the conversation about making the game more watchable, about the entertainment element of the game. I, I'm just curious to hear if, if they were to consult you. Theo Epstein has that job now of, of you know, suggesting different ways. It, uh, certainly the... the the, the, the consistency of the baseball seems to have been changed now. Fly balls aren't going out at the same rate. What, what would you suggest? What would you like to see? Or what, if anything, would you like to see uh, changed in baseball right now to address the entertainment level of the sport that a lot of people feel are concerned about? Well, I just think it's, that is, I can talk for, for a half hour about it. The players today are six foot six, six foot five. They're 250. 30 pounds and up I'm six feet and I feel like a, I, I look up to them I, I, I'm, a, I'm a tiny guy and I'm, and I'm not a, a, a small person they're bigger and stronger they made the ballpark smaller um, there's just so many things that, uh, that that just get in the way you've got the catcher rule because Posey got hurt and um, now you can't have a you got catchers that can't block the plate. There's nothing more exciting to me than a close play at the plate, a mm-hmm. double in the gap, and a runner on first base. And the fans can watch the runner, and you watch the outfielder, you watch the relay throw, you watch the throw into home plate and the close play. That's exciting. With the smaller parks and not the big alleys, all the parks used to be arced towards center field. A lot of the parks now are just right angle, so you've got 355 gaps. So you allow the outfielders to play a closer in, shallower, defending. And I wasn't a great runner. I was an average speed guy, but I could score on a single from second. And you got guys today that are faster than me because of the size of the ballparks. 
they can't score. It's, it's base to base. Mm-hmm. Who wants to see a single and a runner go from second to third base? I mean, you want to see a close, you want to see a play at the plate. And there's so many things that can happen. And I, I don't know how they're going to do that. The ballparks are already built. Um, the game is on on relievers now, and I understand that they can do all the analytics. Have a lot of good things to say. Third time through the order and all that. Okay, you get kind of a you get kind of a feel as a hitter the third time up against a pitcher that might be throwing a good game through five innings, and you get up that third time off of him. So I understand what they're saying about all the relievers, but you got eight relievers out there, and there are a lot of relievers that have no command. Uh, there's a lot of three two counts. Uh, that extends the game. Uh, it used to be, and I don't want to sound like an old crotchety old timer, but when I'm 0-2 as a hitter, I'm in trouble. Hmm. You know, and if I can get the count to two and two or three and two, I've 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 leveled the playing field. I'm in trouble 0 and 2 when you got a you got a Kershaw out there. Do I want to be 0 and 2? I don't think so. So there's so many different things that they could do to address it. The great Keith Hernandez with me for another moment. All right, one more thing I want to ask you. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. So we do something called Tell Me a Story on the program here. And, 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 and I ask you this, fully aware that it could get both of us in trouble. But the, <laughs> the, the 86 Mets were so epic, so legendary, so larger than life in so many ways. Give me one story that illustrates just how crazy it was. Did any, any story that jumps to your mind that illustrates just how crazy it was to be a member of that baseball team at that time? I don't think we were crazier than the 70 Yankees, the Bronx Zoo. Mm-hmm. The Bronx Zoo to me is to me is the team that is the uh, that is the really symbolizes craziness. And mm-hmm. you, you, you're much aware of that Bronx Zoo team, those sure. Yankee, great Yankee teams. Uh, we were just a feisty bunch. Uh, we had a lot of guys that played with emotion and, you know, we got in a lot of uh, scuffles with other teams. I mean, we won 108 games, and we kind of blew the league away. And it, there's only 12 teams, I believe, I, in the history of the game that has won 108 games or more. So it's pretty special. We're in a, a, something to be very proud of. But we had a lot of guys that got dirty and uh, got their uniforms dirty and played hard. We 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 pissed off a lot of other teams. Uh <laughs> We were cocky, and um, you know, to me, the ultimate was the fight in Cincinnati because Ray Knight has got a flash temper, and when he got in the fight, and he just took a swing and, and hit Eric Davis in that close play on the slide, that totally—I mean, I, I was on first base, and I went, "Oh gosh, here we go again!" <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it was just—it was a special year. Uh, we just had a good time when you're winning boy you can't wait to get to the ballpark and when you're on the road and you're having a couple beers in the hotel bar and you're talking about the game you know you're talking about your at bats how did mario soto pitch you daryl you were three and one what did he throw you how did he work you the first two those are all part those are part of the game that make it wonderful and you and that's how you learn it's like oral history and um we had a lot of that we had great camaraderie it was a fun team to watch. It, it is something that still remains larger than life in my recollection. Keith, it's such a pleasure to do this. Thank you very much for the time. Be well. The best to everybody, and I hope I'll see you soon.
Okay, great. Good to see you, Mike. Take care. That's the great Keith Hernandez with me here on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you, see for yourself at Progressive.com. You know, that team, those Mets of the mid-'80s, um, that, that year, so 86 is the year, that was my sophomore year of college. So having grown up in New York, I wasn't living in New York when they got to the playoffs and got through that World Series, and it was a very long, you know, I was watching from my, a dorm room in Chicago, actually at that, a fraternity house at, at my second year at Northwestern University in Evanston. But that team was just so much larger than life in so many ways. And then many, many years, I'm talking about a million years later, so it was, what would be the 25th anniversary of that? So that was 2011, whatever the 25th anniversary of that is. Um, I had the extraordinary opportunity. American Express put together this um, reunion where all of them got together. Like they brought back just about every single player on that team. I, I, I think Doc Gooden was not available for a variety of reasons. And I, someone had died. I don't remember who, but everyone else. Say it again. It was, it was 2011. It was 11 that we did this. And it was at a restaurant in, in Manhattan, and they brought together like this huge reunion of them. And they, they had, I guess they're, I don't know how American Express decided who was allowed to come to this, but all of these people were there. They got to hear them talk and got pictures and all that kind of stuff. And they, I, they hired me to come host it. So I host this event with this crew of people. And let me tell you, being around those guys was wild. I mean, you know, Keith's stories, they're great. And there were baseball stories and they were great. And there was a lot more going on, obviously, as everyone I think is well aware with that team and those guys over the many years. I say that in, in sort of a romantic, you know, way. Um, and, and I meaning I don't mean it negatively. I mean it very much like there was sort of a, a some teams just sort of feel larger than life, right? Some team, the 85 Bears, larger than life. They're, I think they were the greatest football team of all time, parenthetically, but that's neither here nor there. He, he mentioned the Yankees of the 70s. Now, that's really my youth. That's the teams, those are the teams that I grew up with. So, yes, the Yankees of the 70s, Reggie Jackson and, and Billy Martin, just everything that went on between the, those two in general, and then all, the whole rest of everybody else with Thurman and all of that. But, but they, the 86 Mets have that kind of a place. It's hard to explain. But one way or another, to circle it all the way back to the beginning, of the conversation and the reason that we were doing it in the first place. I mean, instant replay has been, has been turned into something bad. So I hear all these people say, Dan Graziano said it on my radio show, newspaper columnists will write it all over the country after a day like this. Get rid of replay. Replay is bad. The, 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 the negative associations with replay really frustrate me because replay, the use of technology to correct a mistake, is not a bad thing. It can't be a bad thing. The problem is the way it is being applied. It is being overused and it is just flat being used in the wrong ways. Take managers and coaches out of it. There's no more, well, do you think it was right? Do you think it was right? College football, they kind of have it right. It's the closest thing to having it right. They've got someone sitting in a booth who is watching, and if there's a call that is egregiously missed, they hit a little buzzer. I don't have a buzzer, so that was the closest thing I could come to. And, 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 and they say to the referee, wait, hold everything. We have an egregiously missed call. Let's correct that. They correct it reasonably quickly, and they get on with their day. That's what instant replay should be in all circumstances. And hopefully, eventually, they will start scaling it. It needs to be scaled back to be done right is sort of what I'm trying to say.
Hey, remember the NBA is on ESPN Radio. This Sunday, Kawhi and the Clippers host the Lakers is presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 o'clock Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Uh, So much still to come today with Keith Hernandez on the program and in consideration of his epic Seinfeld episode. It only seems right that we do an airing of grievances today. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. 888-729-3776. Call me right now to air your grievances. In my experience, if you're a sports fan, you are aggrieved. So I would like you to air your grievances with me at 888-SAY-ESPN. Next, after this word from 303 Products, have you ever seen a vehicle at a stoplight or a parking lot It just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint, just gorgeous. You're probably thinking you don't have the money or the time to spend to do that to your own vehicle. Well, we're here to tell you, think again. With new 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating, it's a revolutionary new product that provides that same level of protection and shine that you get from professional detail, but you can do it yourself in your own garage. You just spray it on, you let it haze, you buff it off. Done. You'll have up to a year of paint protection in addition to the jaw-dropping depth and gloss that will have everybody admiring your ride on your next drive. It helps repel dust. It reduces water spotting to keep it looking cleaner between washes. You can also use it on your car's glass and wheels and trim. It's available now at Advanced Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide, where you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. Your grievances are next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, reminding you the NBA is here on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night. Harden and the Nets host the Lakers. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8 o'clock Eastern time on most of these ESPN radio stations. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Now we're going to hear about it in the honor of Keith Hernandez, whose episode of Seinfeld is remains one of my favorites. And because all sports fans are by immediate nature aggrieved, we give you the opportunity to wear your grievances here on this program. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. That's 888-729-3776. Bubba, who's first? Yeah, let's start with Chuck. All right, Chuck, feel free. Please air your grievance. Uh, well, first of all, Greeny, big fan. Thank you. First time calling to the show. Thank you. Listen, my grievance is, all these high-priced athletes always have words to 
pay to the official. About every play. You know, I'm, I'm old school. I was brought up when I played junior high basketball, youth basketball, baseball, football. You got a problem, go to your coach. You let your coach hand out with the official. Do not try to call the game for the official. I, I hear you, Chuck. And your phone's breaking up a little bit, but I got the gist of what you're saying. I agree, and I will tell you where it's coming from, or, or I will tell you what the impact of it is. I spent most of the last nine years of my life watching young people, very young people, play basketball, which is to say my son started playing AAU basketball in third grade, and he played all the way through. Unfortunately, his basketball season got canceled this year because of COVID. But but basically, he played basketball Year-round, I was at all of these games. And what all the kids are doing now is, A, they complain on every call, on every call, and they're going back to the bench complaining about the officials on literally every single stoppage. And the second is they are all trying to sell calls. They are all flopping. And it is the worst, just the worst. It's the worst thing to watch. And so that's what it has begotten. The point that I think, Chuck, I'm, I'm amplifying your point Yes, the constant complaining to the officials, coupled with the constant attempt to fool the officials, a.k.a. flopping, the scourge that it is, has now trickled down to where I'm, I'm watching, you know, 12-year-olds trying to f- flop to sell a call to the officials and then coming over to the bench yelling and screaming to their coach about how the ref stinks. And I'm cleaning up that language. So I'm, I completely agree with you, Chuck. I find it very frustrating, and it's got to start at the top because it trickles down. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Bubba? Next up is John. All right, John, air your grievance. Hey, Mike. It's John from Austin. How you doing? Good. Good. Listen, love the show. Uh, listen to you as much as I can. Um, but my grievance is about yesterday. You guys are talking about... Losing the DH if you take the pitcher out early in the game, the right. starting pitcher. Right. And I don't get it. I mean, what if what if the guy's getting bombed? What if he doesn't have it? What if he gets hurt? How can you just do that arbitrarily, lose the DH for something that you have no control over? Yes, John, it's a good call. And I did have people bring that up to me. The injury factor is the complicated one. So once again, the Greeny Rule 2.0 that he's referring to, and it's an excellent call, John, thank you. And, and you are always welcome to disagree on this show, by the way. You're not going to get yelled at. You're not going to get hung up on. You're not going to get shouted down. I'm not right about everything, and sometimes you bring up stuff that makes me think of things I hadn't. This one we had thought of. I have no problem taking the DH out of the game if the pitcher is getting bombed. It's the pitcher's job not to get bombed. At minimum, it is the manager's job to have to make that decision. What I'm trying to create is a situation where starting pitchers stay in the game longer. To be clear, that is the objective. Now, if the pitcher gets hurt, if the, if the pitcher is, becomes injured, then that, that does create a complication. The problem is, what I don't want, is if a pitcher is struggling or, or they want to make some sort of other change, you feign an injury, and now you say, well, we're going to leave our DH in there because of a feigned injury. So I'm trying to figure out how to walk that line. So like most rules, this needs to be fine-tuned just a little bit. And it's a good call, John. I'm glad you brought it up. I still think the rule is the right – I think we're working on the right direction. But you're right. It needs a little fine-tuning. Thank you for the call, John. Bubba, who's next? Brady is up. Brady, air your grievance. Hey, Greeny. First off, I want to say that was a great call yesterday with Justin Rose. Thank you. Um, I'm a I'm a big Panthers fan, and my grievance is the fact that we just traded for Sam Darnold, and there's still people talking every morning on Get Up about how we're going to draft Justin Fields today. 
Well, I don't know that you're going to. Let me ask you this, Brady. Do you want them to or not? Uh, not really. I think one, I think Justin Fields is going to go up four. I think someone might try to trade up to get them there. Mm-hmm. But no, at that point, I'd rather get Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts if he falls to eight. I think that's the right thing to do. I absolutely do. I think based upon the way teams are flocking to the top of this draft to try and get quarterbacks, you are generally assured of getting someone who is projected to be a superstar at the next level at number eight in Carolina because you're going to get at least four quarterbacks plus Kyle Pitts are all going to be off the board by the time you get to eight. That's five. So there, just you do the math. There aren't enough picks left for you not to be able to get either Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater if you want an offensive lineman or some combination of Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, all these great receivers. So, yes, I am here to tell you Sam Darnold is good enough. He has never been given a chance. Put him in an offense that works. Give him legit coaching. Matt Rule and Joe Brady are better than legit. That's exceptional coaching. Put legit weapons on the field with him, which he's never had, which you obviously have in Carolina, inclusive of Christian McCaffrey, who theoretically comes back healthy now, and whoever you draft at number eight. I'm telling you right now, Sam Darnold is better than most of the quarterbacks in this draft, if not all of them, save for Trevor Lawrence. There was a time when people were talking about Sam Darnold the way we started talking about Trevor Lawrence in college. And I'm not telling you he's going to be that, but I'm telling you, you have your quarterback in Carolina. Leave it there. Thank you for the calls, everybody. I always so appreciate it. Huge hour coming up. Matt Miller with tons of draft insight. Much more on the kerfuffle from yesterday. Haven't gotten to the green list yet. We will get to that. And what if I told you that a true superstar was doing something right now that very few players have ever done, and you're not paying any attention to it at all? I'll tell you all about it. Maybe we'll make a few bucks along the way. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.